film class in high school because my I went to a public high school that didn't offer any sort of filmmaking courses. Um, they do now, but at the time they did not. And so I started making movies on Super 8 film and uh, and wanted to go to film school. Like I knew I wanted to go to film school. I knew I wanted to be a director very early on because um, I like being the boss and um, went to Ohio University School of Film. Um, okay. So focusing on directing and it's a small school. They only take like two to three undergrads a year. It's mostly a graduate program. So you go through a graduate program as an undergrad with an undergrad degree. So you can still go into grad school if you wanted, but awesome. um, if you go to film school as an undergrad, do not go to grad school, just start <laughs> making movies. Um, and then I had an internship out in Los Angeles and I ended up doing that. And I went back to school and finished my thesis and then started working in LA immediately after. But my origin story of wanting to make movies comes from my parents. I'm the product of artists and therefore have also become an artist. Wow. That's super fascinating. That's super cool. Were <laughs> they now, were they into filmmaking as well or was it a different type of art? So my dad was into filmmaking. He is into okay. filmmaking. He, um, he went to like part of his, cause he went to, to school for, for art, painting, mm -hmm. um, drawing, et cetera. But he also took film courses and his film courses were actually with David Lynch. They went to the oh, same amazing. under, this is before David Lynch went to AFI. He went to the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Art. And um, so my dad was a peer of his. And wow. uh, so my dad started, my dad, you know, I've seen my dad's college films that he shot on 16 millimeter, which are really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so my, my dad had filmmaking, so he knew how a movie was made and could explain mm -hmm. that to me. And because he's such a cinephile, he was the one who was like building my cinema education. So yeah. he was like, here's all the movies you need to see. Here's like the foundation of filmmaking that you should have. And I had seen like the AFI top 100 list before I even went to college. So we were always consumed. And I worked at the public, the library in my town. So I was always renting like sure. movies every night or on the weekend, I'd bring a stack of like six movies home. So we were very movie friendly. And I also didn't have cable. So it's like, right. it was all about movies. And we had, my parents had a huge movie collection. And so um, that was our form of entertainment, especially when you live in like a very rural part of the country. Totally. Um, you get it where you can. <laughs> 100%. I'm very similar. I grew up in a very small town, upstate New York, uh, kind of near Buffalo, Rochester area, Niagara Falls, like super small town, mm -hmm. one stoplight. And we, you know, one movie store, you know, once, you know, whatever. And, uh, I, I was the same way. I didn't have cable. So all we did was watch movies. Um, now I guess, so what about your horror background? Have, are you, is that kind of your main squeeze or are you kind of into everything? Yeah, I, you know, I'm a cinephile in the true sense. I love sure. everything. I watch everything. Horror specifically spoke to me. I, I want to say it kind of, it, it traces back to two different things. It traces back to my parents love Halloween so they always had massive Halloween parties every year with all their like artistic friends. So of course everyone came in these amazing costumes so and cool. yeah, it was, I had a very um, beautiful idyllic childhood. Um, <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. And so they also like the mythology of Halloween. They wanted me to know. And because they're artists, they would carve these amazing pumpkins. And so I think it kind of like, cause that started at such a young age, like October was a big deal in my family. And so you know, they would show me sort of the Halloween cartoons, you know, everything from 
Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, Legend of Sleepy Hollow, um, you know, the Mickey Mouse ones, Skeleton Dance, all of that. <clears throat> so I think that definitely started that. And my, my mom is like, OG witch. So <laughs> like, and, you know, they're very into nature too. So it's like, they fully embraced Halloween and the mythology of Halloween. And I think, so it was that, but also I read scary stories to tell in the dark, Benicula, Goosebumps. Like mm-hmm. I just loved those stories and I loved Halloween. I love fall. And I think that sort of, I guess it cartoon form is where I first started really liking it. And it reminded me of like my favorite time of year. And I didn't, wasn't in an area where I could trick or treat. So the parties were everything. Gotcha. And I've, and I've written about this that's been published in like books and stuff like my Halloween love. Um, but my dad showed me the universe. So when we prep for these parties, he would show me the universal monster movies. So Dracula, and these are all on like VHS tapes. So Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, um, Creature was a summer movie. We did not watch that one at Halloween. That was for like June, July. Yes. Um, (laughs) and so I would, you know, I just loved those movies and I associate them with my favorite time of year. Hmm. So, and Dracula is my, my favorite. I was just absolutely in love with that. Um, and Bela Lugosi. And I've, again, that's another one I've like talked about a bunch because I love mm-hmm. it so much. And then he showed me Night of the Living Dead and the George Romero OG. And I fell in love with it. And I was like, I want to make movies like this. Um, I just immediately connected to, to the horror genre. And then of course they would, they would always show me stuff that they felt I was old enough to see, but I wasn't seeing like Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was like 10. I saw that a little bit later in high school. I just started seeing everything. My best friend and I would just rent everything we could get our hands on in the horror world. Awesome. And I was just in love with it, but it originates from Halloween, from literature, and then the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just consumed as much of it as I could. But again, I love all movies. Um, I love sports movies. That's actually one of my favorite subgenres. So, uh, you know, but again, I sort of fell into the horror world because a lot of the stories I wanted to tell were, were in that genre. Sure. Sure. That's super cool. That's so funny. Like, I feel like I relate to that so much because, you know, I love sports is like horror is one of my loves and the sports is my secondary love. And it's, it's, yeah, it's super cool to hear that. Cause I feel like you never, you never get that, especially in our field. Yeah. It's like, oh, you work in film. You're probably not, you know, I would say the most part, you're not gonna be into sports. Like when I went to film school, they were a lot of our professors and it was very geared towards LA and New York city. And, you know, you're going to work on movies and stuff, which was super cool to me, but I kind of, you know, go to the sports world and so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but it's super cool to have that, you know, the separation there, but um, I'm glad you brought up goosebumps. Cause I have the little goosebumps tattoo here. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So I'm going to get it, uh, hopefully get more related to that. But I, yeah, Goosebumps is kind of what I got started as well. The show and books and, oh, it's awesome. Love it. Yeah, I think, I think I even have, I do like, right. If I can even pull them out of my bookshelf. Um, I have my, from childhood, my scary stories to tell in the bark, the dark books. I like still with the original artwork. Oh, that's so cool. I still have them because I love them so much. Um, and I'll, and I read, I still read them every every Halloween. Um, it's great. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I keep them, I them in my giant vinyl and bookshelf. I have bookshelves all over this place. Fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> cool. Well, that's, that's super fast. I love how people kind of get into horror and kind of get into the, you know, what their, you know, their passion and, 
you know, that's super cool that you are on that path of doing what you really want to do. So I think that's, you know, I think that's awesome. So props Thank to you, you for, for getting it there. Took a lot. Um, it took I can a lot imagine. I mean, I, I know it's tough, so it's, it's super cool that you can do that. And I guess let's, you know, it's a great transition now. Let's get into the movie, you know, your satanic panic. And I would love to kind of know the origins of that a little bit. And, you know, where did you come up with that idea? You know, what, what were your influences and, you know, what other movies inspired you and, yeah. So, um, I'll backtrack a little bit because sure. it, it, the, what led me to being able to make a movie, um, is important to note. So obviously, like I was saying, after college, I moved out here. Um, but I fell into the comedy world and I started working as an assistant to, um, an executive at Montecito picture company. And that's mm -hmm. Ivan Reitman's company. Okay, um, mm. and so he was like so lovely and that was a really incredible experience, but I'd never been an assistant before. And it was really intense. And Allie, like my boss, um, she was so wonderful and showed me the ropes and taught me how to be like a really good assistant. But because I was such a good assistant, I was an assistant to all sorts of people for about 10 years. So I worked at Montecito for two years. I worked for Judd Apatow at his company for two years. So again, comedy, comedy. And then I worked, I got a job working for Jason Blum at Blumhouse Productions for four years. And that was 2011 to 2015. And that's Insidious came out in April, 2011. So nobody like, they didn't, no one knew, Blumhouse was not a household right, right, then. right. And I watched it grow into like the empire it is now. Wow. And it was a really incredible experience um, that I look back very fondly on. And it was very much family oriented. Like when I started, it was three people. It was Jason, me, and his executive. Whoa. That was it. And when I <laughs> left, it was a huge, it was like becoming its own studio. And Jason knew I wanted to direct the whole time I was there. He's like, do you want to be a producer? Do you want to be an executive? I was like, no, I want to direct. And he's like, all right, I respect that. And when it was time for, when I was like, I think it's time for me to move on. It was coming more corporate. Things were getting much bigger. He was about to have kids. And I was like, okay, I think now's my time to like move on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, I haven't directed anything since college. Like <laughs> who's going to take me seriously. And he's like, you should go direct for Crypt TV. So he reached out to Crypt. He's like, I have a new director for you to look at. And I started directing short films for them and they were paying for me to direct them, which was amazing um, because no one gives you money to make short films. Right. And so I made seven short films, I think four or five of them were with Crypt. And then a couple were other just like independent ones I was doing. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was still assisting people, but I was assisting directors. So I assisted a TV director, a commercial director. And then I assisted Adam Robitel on Insidious, The Last Key. So that mm -hmm. was the fourth Insidious movie. And I basically shadowed him and it was an incredible experience. And, and meanwhile, so like, while I'm working for him, I'm sending scripts to my friend at Blumhouse, my friend, Ryan Turek. And he oh, yeah. came into the company right as I was leaving. Like Ryan and I have known each other forever. He's one of my best friends. Awesome. And I'm like, how about this one? Do you like this one? How about this one? <laughs> and these are all scripts that I was attached to that I didn't write, but I was attached to direct. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, no, not this one, not this one. This isn't because, you know, they Blumhouse is very specific. Mm -hmm. And so finally I, I think I met with him and we were just having coffee and I was like, oh yeah, I'm attached to this script. I haven't sent it to you yet. It's called all that we destroy. And I kind of told him what it was about. And he's like, Chels, that's the movie I want to make. That's the movie we should make with you. So he brought it to Blumhouse and I got to make my first movie with my alma mater, um, which was really cool. And, yeah. you know, that was shot in 
January, Feb, Feb, January, February, 2018. Okay. I, I make that movie in Los Angeles. Um, and it's literally script to screen. Awesome. Um, it was such an, a wonderful experience. The cast was incredible. I just got very lucky that my first experience was, um, so lovely and, um, a science fiction thriller, you know, this is my nod to everything from psycho to black mirror to, we need to talk about Kevin. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but meanwhile, so I'm in post production on that movie. I get sent satanic panic for my consideration. Um, and it's written by Grady Hendrix, who's an Mm -hmm. author. I love my best friend's exorcism, um, final girl support group, Southern book club's guide to slaying vampires. So I'm a big Grady fan and I see this script and actually read the script the previous December, a friend had just sent it to me and was like, Hey, I read this script. I know you love Grady. And I was like, this is amazing. It's so batshit crazy. And I can't wait to see it get made. (laughs) Cut to like seven months later, it comes across my desk. And I said, I already read this script. I have some notes. Um, and so I gave the notes to the producers and they, and Grady, they were down with all my notes and he did a new, so basically it, it appeared to me. And, mm-hmm. uh, then we were shooting that in, uh, October, 2018. So I'm okay. still in post on all that we destroy. I start prepping and shooting. Like I got the script in July. We started prepping August, September. I went out to Texas to shoot it, mm-hmm. shot it. Um, and then I was on, on in post on both movies at oh, once. Oh wow! <laughs> because oh and then they released the same month. In in terms of like all that we destroy came out on Hulu, Mother's Day weekend of May 2019, mm-hmm. and Satanic Panic premiered at Overlook mm-hmm. the end of May 2019. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, and then once all that we destroy was out, then I started doing like Satanic Panic got into like 25. 30 film festivals. It was an embarrassment awesome. of riches. I'm so champagne problems. I'm so thankful. It was so well received mm-hmm. by all those festivals, but then it's doing press. I mean, it's never over. Like as the director, you're with the movie, right? You're the writer, you're from conception, but then you're with it until it's on a shelf in a Walmart somewhere in middle yeah. America. <laughs> so you are on that whole journey. So then it's the film festivals and then it's the VHS release and a Blu-ray release and a vinyl release. Like we got to do all that fun stuff. And then it came out on shutter. And so, which is where you can find it now. You can also rent it on, you know, everywhere, but I wasn't like done with that until like November of, cause then we do the Blu-ray signing like here in Burbank. And so it wasn't until like November, 2019 that I fully like put the movie to bed. Whoa. Then a (laughs) pandemic hit. (laughs) So, um, And now I'm like prepping my next movie, but it all, it was like an over 2019 was like, and 2018 were incredible years, but they were really intense years. Um, But to answer your question, long-winded way to get to it. Um, it. So Satanic Panic, what I connected with is I was like, this is my chance to do, I call it a comedy horror movie because there's Mm -hmm. more comedy in it than horror. It's very quirky. It's very weird. It's um, left of center, which I love left of center stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh great, this is my, like moment to show my love for drag me to hell and like sure. you know sam raimi's working evil dead and <laughs> race with the devil and house of the devil and you know is really my and like some of peter jackson's work like it was my chance mm-hmm. to sort of pay, pay homage to 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 those um those films and those directors and obviously like the opening shot is an homage to halloween and like yep. 
So you can kind of see all those references throughout. Um, and also like, I can claim that I discovered Haley Griffith, who she just, I just saw her audition tape. She's in New York city. I'm in LA. I just was going through audition tapes from other places that aren't mm-hmm. here. And I fell in love with her and I was like, this, she's Sam, this is her. And they, you know, producers don't always let you cast. Sure, you sure. want. <laughs> and so they were like, yes, we agree. And, um, you know, she was so wonderful and Ruby Modine as well. And I knew Ruby from my Blumhouse days and okay. they just, were such a perfect pair and they became best friends and they're very close now. And the whole cast was amazing. Like it, again, mm-hmm. embarrassment of Richard. I think that the movie works because of the cast, like they're delivering these insane lines and, you know, having everyone from Rebecca Romaine to Gary O'Connell playing a, a married couple in a film and in real, and they're a couple in real life, AJ right, Bowen right. and Jeff Daniel, Phillips and Jordan Ladd. These are all like horror sort of royalty mm-hmm. folks who came to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the shoot was incredibly difficult. It was down torrential down horrible weather, like shooting. St- it was crazy. We'd have like four location moves in a day. Uh, it was wow. like really pushed me to my limits in terms of like, it pretty much destroyed me as a human being, but, um, <laughs> but I'm so proud of the, the film I made. And it's also like, I made it to inspire other like women to make movies. So young women to make movies. And I wanted it to be like a, uh, one you put on at a sleepover and you watch sure. together. And um, it's a very like kind of dark story, but Sam ultimately like triumphs and decides to um, go live her life. And, mm. um, but yeah, it's, it's all, it's me being the vessel to bring Grady Hendrix's insanity to life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked very well. And I, I mean, I like Sam to me, I think you totally, I mean, she's fantastic. Like I, I've been, you know, looking at her IMDb kind of waiting to see what she's into next over, you know, since I watched this movie, cause she was really good and the cast was fantastic. And it was such a great, I had no idea. Like I didn't really look into the movie before I saw it. I, I like to go into movies just completely right. blind, especially horror shutter, like shutter horror movies. I'm going to just watch it. Cause I would say 99% of the time I love them, but yeah. like and seeing like Jerry O'Donnell in there was so so random. I loved it. Like it was awesome. And and Jeff Daniel Phillips, like he's such a great underrated actor. And yeah, it, it's such a great thing. But um, wow, that's so fascinating to hear. And I love that you said you mentioned comedy horror because I try to explain this to people all the time. There's definitely a difference between comedy yes. horror and horror comedy. Yes. And I feel like not a lot of people get that. And it's it's a genre for me that I feel like a lot of it's really hard to do just because. Like, I think Jordan Peele does a fantastic job of horror comedy or, you know, comedy horror, yes. whatever you want to call it. But I think to me, I think it's a very hard genre to capture and do well. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why I love this movie is because I think you did a, you know, you did a fantastic job of doing that because, you know, the, the funny parts are funny, but you can still have the horrific moments. And I also think that alluded to the great production design and the makeup, which was that was yeah. incredible too. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, so planned out. And I have to give credit, like a, the most, the movie that was the biggest influence for this movie was um, Karn Kusama's Jennifer's Body mm. because that walks the perfect line of these great comedic laugh out loud moments, but yes. also it has heart and it's mm-hmm. super, there's really scary moments in it. And um so that I have to give that the most credit. And I even told, like I had Ruby and Haley watch that. And I was like, I want you to look at needy and Jennifer's relationship where it seems untraditional, but they do genuinely love each other and care for each mm-hmm. other. And 
even though they have history with their characters and Ruby and Haley are meeting each other for the first time in the movie. I said, that's something to really look at. Mm -hmm. Um, but huge, like inspiration. And yeah, Haley, um, she has some stuff cooking. I know it's probably not on her IMDb because she's not allowed to talk about it, but I know there's some like big (laughs) stuff coming and, um, and she's, I've just been very lucky with the actors I've, I've worked with. Cause even in my first movie, um, Aurora, who was just my muse through that process, like she was so incredible and to play, you know, different versions. I mean, she's playing a a clone, like three different clones or five different clones, plus an act like human. And, you know, that was a big, that was a challenging role and she just crushed it. And Israel going from like the cute quirky boyfriend on happy death day and playing, playing a serial sure. killer. <laughs> wow. And Dora Madison is playing like cute girl next door and then goes on to be in like Joe Bigos's bliss, which is like, she's so wild in that. So, um, and then working with people, someone like Samantha Mathis and Frank Whaley, who I've like loved my, my entire life. Right, in right. Terms of, I've just been very lucky. Um, I play it real cool, but I, I love working with actors and I get mm. very excited about that because they're the ones who are like bringing the what's on the page to life too so um but uh yeah and we just got very lucky with how um well received both movies were and um learned so much along the way that's why I'm like so excited for the next thing that's happening mm-hmm. um but uh again yeah, along the way there's like always different things that inspire you so sure. I'm always consuming movies and tv and um, I, I'm an avid reader, so I'm just always like consuming because you'll, fi- you'll see things seeping into the movies and you're like, I wonder if that's a reference to, yes. <laughs> you know, and I even like weird references, like satanic panic is my wizard of Oz, which I've talked about this before, okay. but like she wears red converse. That's her Ruby slippers. Cause when I was reading the script, I mm. talked to Grady and I was like, do you know, this is wizard of Oz basically like she's going into a place She's never been before. That's sort of in a heightened reality. It's not mm-hmm. of this world necessarily. Right. And then all she wants to do is go home, but she has a best friend who's her scarecrow. The rabbit becomes her Toto. Like I could see all these, there's the wicked witch, you know, that she's fighting mm-hmm. and all her minions. Like, so I saw so many similarities and I was like, I think, you know, and she says so many times, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And yeah. I was like, Mill Basin is Oz, but a really fucked up Oz. Right. And, you know, I'll show, so that's why when I worked with Haley, I was like, let's really lean into that. So she wears, you know, her shirt is blue, like Dorothy's um, dress that she wears, the converse are on purpose, like all that's, oh, wow. so I'm putting that in, peppering that in whenever I, wherever I can. I do love that. And I think that's some, I think I read a little bit on IMDb, the trivia, but sometimes it's hard to figure oh. out what is real on the trivia. So it's always great to hear that from, you know. Yeah. A lot of that stuff is just like some random person putting it on. Right. Like when people read IMDb, like an ad stuff, like it's who knows where that's coming from half the time. <laughs> right. So that's <laughs> super that cool is correct. <laughs> that's awesome. I think, and I think that's so cool. And like, I think movies, when movies can do that, it's really fun. And I think especially horror, I think that's one of the reasons why I love horror so much is like, you can incorporate so many, like I totally got that Halloween reference. I immediately thought that. And it's, I know horror fans, like uh, it's such a cool little, and I know, you know, in the new Halloween and like, you know, Ryan Turek on the movies he works on, like, I know he loves horror and it's cool to see what he does. And Jordan, it's all these, it's amazing. Like Ari Aster, it's cool to see their inspirations and everything. And um, I have to ask the little, when in the very beginning, there was a little girl playing hopscotch 
was that a Nightmare on Elm Street reference? It is. Very yes, good. I knew that. <laughs> a plus. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, cool. I was just curious, but I could tell the different, like, you know, I could tell different inspirations and all that through. But the Wizard of Oz thing is really cool. I didn't actually get that. So it makes a lot of sense now that you mention it. So. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but um, I guess going along with that, what other films, you know, I guess in general or maybe specific to this one or your previous films, what inspired you or, you know, from the filmmaking aspect, you know, certain directors have styles, you know, I'm thinking, you know, modern day, I'm thinking Robert Eggers or Ari Aster, like they have a spe- such a specific style. Like, was there any filmmakers that have, that made you, you know, shoot a certain way or anything, or was it kind of like, I want to make this my own thing? Um, yeah, I think inspiration and imitation are two very different things. I never want to yes. be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, it's always inspiration is where you want it to come from. Cause it's like, how do I put my own spin on that right. instead of imitating someone else's work? What's my own spin on it? Hence why everything's just like, it will remind you of something, but it's not done exactly like how that was shot. Um, but in terms of, you know, the filmmakers that I am inspired by. So to answer this question, sort of like twofold, mm-hmm. um, uh, one of my biggest inspirations is Catherine Bigelow because she does movies like loveless and near dark but mm-hmm. then we'll go and do something like point break which um you know uh, that is one of my favorite action movies ever and it's also like a sports movie too in a way so um like her trajectory something like that and then she goes into she does hurt locker and then she does zero right. dark 30 and then she's doing detroit like her body of work is like incredible to me mm-hmm. and um She's also, I think, seen as a director instead of a woman director. Right, and that's something right. like we all want to be seen as directors and not just hired because of our gender, which I think Hollywood is still like wrapping its head around. Yes. Um, and yes, I will like use that to my advantage as much as I can because yeah. they do need to keep hiring women, but mm-hmm. the playing field is just not even yet. And I don't know if it will ever be, but um, she's just somewhere her work is just always inspired me another filmmaker is um that comes to mind is jonathan demi mm-hmm. oh yeah look at his work everything is so different that he does so you know you look at something like silence of the lamps and then married to the mob and then something wild like all right. those movies are vastly different and that's something that i am really into almost like being a chameleon to be yeah, like oh totally. that's because again my first movie is a science fiction thriller this right. is a comedy horror. Um, I'm also attached to a teen thriller, a dark comedy, um, like a coming of age, co- dark coming of age comedy, a sports movie. Like mm-hmm. I'm attached to other things that are outside the genre or genre adjacent, but I always want to keep people guessing as to what I'm doing next. And something with like, you know, even with my name, like with Chelsea Stardust, I like, David Bowie is someone who was always, he was never afraid of change. He was always awesome. transforming. He was always doing something different, but you, you still like knew it was David Bowie, but it made you take pause and be like, yeah. Oh, what's he doing there? Like, that's something I want. I, I lean into that. I want to achieve eventually. And in terms of like inspirations within my first two films, the biggest ones, um, I wrote a piece for talk house about this and, uh, it's actually, Actually, the four Johns is is what I ref- is what what I refer to it as, and it's John Hughes, mm-hmm. John Cameron Mitchell, um, John Carpenter, and John Waters. Awesome. So those four directors and their bodies of work, um, and I know that's all 
uh, it's all men. <laughs> sure, sure. But, um, but the other thing is, is, you know, um, th- there's, they're filmmakers I grew up with. And also like there's pieces, threads of each of their, there's something from each of them that I've taken and infused in my own work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, and that's something I've talked about like extensively and also like, um, with John, you know, John Cameron Mitchell and John Waters, like really like aspects of queer cinema. I love so much and yeah. try to infuse into to my film as well, my films as well. So, um, but there, but, but those are, you know, just examples of, I, I'm getting inspiration all the time, but those mm. are who like I've specifically cited when talking about okay. my first two movies. Um, but, and also my friends inspire me. Like I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by incredible filmmakers and peers that, you know, we're showing each other cuts of movies and scripts and giving each other notes. And just, we want awesome. each other to succeed and do everything we can to lift each other up and help each other. And, um, uh, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. That's incredible. That I think that's such a great thing to have. And, you know, it, that, I mean, I love that you said, you know, trying to be different and the variety of films and genres and all that. I think that's super important in filmmaking. I think that's something that sticks out to me. You know, when I study like a filmmaker, or a certain director, or writer, it's like, oh, like this person could do this really well, but they can also do this and this and this. And it's, it's incredible to me that they can actually do that. You know, I mean, John Hughes is a great example of that. And I, I think of recently I was watching The Love Witch, you know, and it's that movie to me, it. I try to tell everybody to watch that movie just because it's aesthetically so great. It it's insane that it was made, you know, recently in modern day, but it looks like it was in the sixties. Like, I think that's, yeah. I think that's so cool. And another reason why horror is so great is because in shutter, especially because like, you know, they're like, Hey, this new filmmaker here or whatever, you know, they're very, I feel like, I mean, I don't know them personally, obviously, but they, they seem very open to letting people kind of submit films and, you know, hopefully grow their, you know, filmmaking resume. So I, I'm just hopeful for the horror community, especially, but I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I've, and I've been very lucky because I'm, I'm part of this, this, um, there's a group of, uh, uh, female directors that I'm like very close with, um, that we meet, you know, once a month and we have a sort of a, a text chain when we need to vent about something or, or celebrate something. But, um, and it's, it's interesting because the, the, group of there's the group of women that direct horror it's not a huge group and we all kind of know each other and so it's so funny we'll get sent a lot of us will get sent the same script the same material Mm. and so we'll meet with each other did you get sent this what did you think about that (laughs) I don't know if it's for me but you know it's who it's great for it's for this person or I'll get sent a script and I'll be like well this is a non-sploitation movie not for me but you know who it is for Rebecca McKendry I'm going to send it to Becca or I get this like like this creepy period ghost story not for me gonna send it to my friend axel carolyn or you know so like and or see something and read something i'm like this is great for natasha kramani or bria grant or maggie levin or roxanne benjamin Mm -hmm. or alice waddington like um uh, or and molly elfman like has her you know feature debut you -hmm. know so and we're all friends with each other and we can talk each other through anything we need in like times of crisis or times of celebration and I'm just so thankful to have that, that group of women and that we're all in each other's corner, because I think when I started out in this industry, they wanted to put women against each other. And, um, because I think they got wise to like, oh no, what happens if they band together? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) what's happening now is like, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of thinking 
seeing each other's competition. Now we're like, how do we let's work together and help each other and advance each other's careers? Because Mm -hmm. if we don't look out for each other, no one else is going to. Um, so, and, and that's been like one of the best like things in my life, um, to have that support system. I love that. That's, and it's, it's so funny that, I mean, I love, you know, I love that we're kind of talking about this because I was kind of compiling a list of some of my favorite films that I've seen recently, you know, via shutter or whatever. And, uh, it's so great. Cause like, I'll be watching a movie and like, usually I'll try not to look at anything. I'll just click play yeah. just cause like, I love being surprised, you know, as I mentioned, it's. I would say most of them, you know, I would say, oh, you know, another woman. Like, I think that's awesome. Like, I, you know, I, you know, the Ranger, Tiger's Not Afraid, The Power, Summer Party Massacre, like all these movies. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't know I did that was directed by a woman. And it's fantastic. And then I'll go into their IMDb and look what I've, you know, right. you know, watch all the filmography. And it's, I feel like that needs to be a little more pushed I just because that. there's so many great films out there. And it's like, I mean, you have The Revenge, Headcount, 30 Frames from Nowhere. Like there's so many great movies out there that people need to see. And I think that's another great thing about these festivals too and you know i think there's a i think it's salem there's a horror women women's horror festival right there's i mean there's there's several there's like etheria here in la there's idaho horror film festival which is run by women um salem like yeah salem there's a slew of them and they're just starting to put like axman film festival they're just starting to just Mm -hmm. starting to pop up and i love that that's great yeah i uh yeah well that's super cool (laughs) Yes. Um, have you been to Salem? Um, you know what I have when I, um, was younger, but I'm actually going there for my honeymoon this year, um, because I haven't been in a really long time (laughs) and I'm, I, I really want to go and I may never come back. So we'll see. (laughs) Yes. We went, what was it? Two years ago, um, for a weekend and it was like right before Halloween, which was really cool, but really busy at the same time. Um, I got a little broomstick tattoo, had to do it, (laughs) but, uh, I love it. It's so cool. Then, you know, go to the Hocus Pocus locations, do some, you know, cemetery tour. It's amazing. But that's a place I would love to go see. I mean, I've been, but it was raining the whole time. So like we didn't get to experience as much as we wanted to. So we'll definitely have to go back, but that's exciting that you're going to be there. (laughs) Um, Now you, let's see, you are a director. Do you have any interest in, you know, writing or producing or editing or any of that? Or are you kind of just solely focusing on directing? Um, that's a great question. So when I was in college, I was directing and editing all my stuff. So I was like okay. the editor for all my work, um, on the avid system. So I learned that, but, um, I know there's a lot of directors who b- want to edit their own stuff. Mm-hmm. I find that I need an editor because, um, I will, there will, there will be things that don't need to be in the movie that I'll like want in the movie. And they're not really <laughs> pushing the movie forward. I just think it's always good to have an editor because um, for me personally, uh, they're the ones who can really bring your movie together and mm-hmm. see things you won't be able to see because you're too close to it. And so um, I, uh, I'm, I'm all about hiring people to help me do that. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I've produced in the past and um I think because of my assistant background and I'm so fucking type a that Mm -hmm. I'm really good at producing. Um, and I also, yeah. Right. And I also want to get my friends jobs. So I would probably be a great manager in another world. Mm -hmm. Um, but writing is something I have done. Um, it's, it was a couple of years, the same year I was making two movies. Um, Michael Kennedy and I actually wrote a pilot together. Um, 
we like pitched uh, and Michael Kennedy wrote Freaky um, and, yep. and with Chris Landon and has time cut coming out. But um, we had an idea. It's, it's so funny because we had an idea of it was a comedy, like half hour comedy of what happens when um, what happens to a final girl after they survive. Um, That's fun. Horror movie. <laughs> but it was done in sort of a more comedic way. And like, OK, what uh, or I think it was an hour long. I said half hour, but what what's her life after that but not like immediately after like years after and so we were we were exploring that we ended up you know we we sold the pitch to a studio we got a network hired us immediately to write the pilot it didn't go forward because so many things don't and what's so funny is this was like 2018 Mm -hmm. when we wrote it sold it like everything and then Grady's final girl support group came out. And obviously that's being, now that's serious. That's not com does right. not have comedy in it very much, but that's getting made into a TV show. And so it's like, it was in, and people have been trying to do the final girl, like that story for a long time. Okay. But Michael and I just had like a very different take on it and uh, didn't go, but that was a great, you know, we co-wrote it and that was a great exercise for me because I hadn't written anything in a really long time. Gotcha. I, think about it a lot. I just have an, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to things I'm attached to. I have friends that are amazing writers and I'll, or I'll read a script and be like, can I attach myself to this? <laughs> um, so I just got very, or I'll get something submitted to me that I fall in love with. And so I just haven't had the opportunity to write something because I'm attached to so many amazing things. Now I'll help develop stuff. Like I'll be meeting with the writer right. side by side. I'll, I give notes. I get asked to give notes on stuff all the time, of other people's work. But um, so I just get very lucky because <laughs> I'm attached to so many things. Like I don't have time to write anything. Um, but I may come back to that eventually because there's a lot. I just love working and collaborating with other people. Mm-hmm. So I'll sure. be like, oh, I could write this. Oh, you know, who'd be who'd be great to write this is like, you know, Michael Vratti or Michael Kennedy or whomever it is, Zoe Cooper. Like, mm-hmm. so I, <laughs> I end up, farming it out to someone else because I love their work so much and want to work with them more. And it gives me a chance to, so I do see more writing in my future. I don't know when. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's cool that you're open to it. That's good. Yeah. I feel like, cause then, you know, you can, Oh, I, also, I love the mug. I didn't notice that before. <laughs> From the Stanley hotel. Everyone should go visit. Oh, that's the, I, that's the top of my list. I've never been, but it's up there. You gotta go. So cool. Um, well, that's super exciting. I mean, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because it's been a bit, but um, so going back to, you know, you shot it in Dallas, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, That's cool. The Panic, yeah. The How did that come Hollywood about? Destroy was here. Oh, okay. On the, the, the production company behind it, um, they were located there. And so, gotcha. um, cause it was okay. a really low budget. It wasn't like it was for tax incentives or anything like it right, just right. legit. That's where they were located. And they're like, we have a crew here and all this stuff. So I got Whoa. to bring one person with me, which was my cinematographer, Whoa. um, but the crew worked really hard on that movie. It was like very, you know, again, it was a really intense shoot, but the only reason um, that I shot there was because I was like told I had to. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> I get why you, you did don't it. always get to pick. Yeah. I can imagine, <laughs> especially yeah, with the studio. Yeah. Yeah. And the weather was so insane too. Was it? I mean, at least you guys you were get spoiled. I mean, you get spoiled in LA. There's a reason right. Hollywood is like the movie making hub is because the weather here is great. 99% of the time it rains that 1% of the time <laughs> the weather here is always amazing when you go elsewhere it's out of your control right. so it's out of my control 
And I was like, Hey, does it get cold here or rain? No, no. Yeah. It, it torrential rain, cold, like, <laughs> and I was like, this is a nightmare, but you can't control it. It's so you got to right. work with it. Right. So you just like move forward. Um, but again, it got spoiled when my first movie, like all the weather was great. Of course. It, yeah. It just, well, at least you're you over know, that. Hump. What? Yeah. It prepared me for the future. I mean, I have something I'm go. attached to that takes place in the snow. So, you Ooh, know, it's like cool. preparing you for that. So awesome. <laughs> rain is hard. Then you get in the snow and it's a whole other thing. Oh, so. it's a whole other wind, <laughs> snow, everything. It's, you never know yeah. what to expect. It's crazy. Totally. Um, that's super cool. Now, have you been to, do you ever like go to film locations? Like as like, have you ever been to like the Myers house or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. So again, living in Los Angeles because so many movies were shot here and in, mm -hmm. you know, Southern California in general, um, will like, I've been to the Myers house many a times. I'd love okay. to have an office there. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. Um, so I've been there. I've been to a lot of the locations from Halloween just in general. Um, I just went to the poltergeist house, which is in Simi awesome. Valley. Um, I've been to doc Brown's house, which is in Pasadena. Like, yeah. So, so there's locations everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty crazy, especially if in, if you're in LA or in, like, I went to some of the locations from the fog when I was traveling oh, yeah. like, up the, up the coast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's so cool when you like, I've lived in LA like 15 years at this point. And when you watch movies that are truly set in LA and are like embracing that. And they're not like, we're, cause so many times they're faking, you know, for example, Texas chains, the new Texas chainsaw, not right. shot in Texas. That was shot in like Bulgaria or something or Serbia right. or someplace like that. Romania, not shot in Texas. Um, so a lot of times places are faking that. Like mm -hmm. I saw something where they were like, it's Cleveland. And I'm like, this is not Cleveland. Cleveland <laughs> does not have like A, B, C, and D whatever it was i think there was a subway system i'm like cleveland does not have an underground subway, like or something like that mm -hmm. where i was like wait a minute um but when things are truly embracing la it's incredible because you're like i've been there i've been there i've been there i've been there like so that's really fun or you know you go to where nakatomi plaza is and die hard right like, right they're everywhere like literally everywhere in LA, you know you see like and when people come to visit i'm like okay what location what do you want to see yep, like let's yep. go Yep. But we live in it. So we, you know, sometimes we probably take it for granted that like we're in the middle of like where so much movie magic. Oh, happen. totally. Um, and you work in it, especially. So it's. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been cool, to LA. Yes, I go. Exactly. That's awesome. Now I've been a handful of times to LA. I love it there just to visit and, you know, locations, especially. And it's like, I went to the Halloween, the 2018 Halloween convention in Pasadena. So there was mm -hmm. like um, a location tour, which was awesome. We just went to all the locations and you know, it, it was just was great because you were just with a bunch of fans that were just strictly Halloween fans. I feel like you never get that anywhere. So it's, it's super cool to be around that. Um, now, do you have you had any like part of the Halloween movies at all or no? Do I, what? Uh, like the newer what, ones? Like I know I, your friend, friends with I Ryan. Like them so. or? Just like anything. Like, have you been affiliated with any of the production at oh, any point? So that was um, after my time. Um, oh, at gotcha. House. Right, so, right. so basically like when I left, um, it was right when get out was going to the Oscars. Gotcha. So if you look like if anyone's super curious, if you look at my IMDB, it lists all the movies I worked on. It's a lot. So it's a ton of movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but my only like connection with Halloween is obviously Ryan. And, um, though so he's very tight lipped, he does not <laughs> give any spoilers. 
Um, and then I have a friend who has done um, some of the, some special effects stuff. On oh, cool. It. Awesome. So, but uh, no, would love to, honestly, if, if there was a chance for me to go to set or visit it, I, I'm sure I would have been able to, but totally. I again, didn't, sh- didn't shoot anywhere near Los Angeles. <laughs> um, right. But uh, no, didn't get to be uh, a part of those, but um, they uh, are awesome. The, the weird, I guess the, uh, the other connection I have to ha- so Halloween kills in particular, my partner um, has a, sorry, <laughs> I have a scream cereal box that just like screamed at me. Sorry. Amazing. That's was. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> my friend in the UK sent it to me um, is my partner has a song in Halloween kills. So he, Oh, so cool. Yeah. 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 So Sean Keller, um, is his name and he makes these, um, uh, how do I describe them? They are novelty albums. Um, killer sounds of Halloween, revenge Mm -hmm. of the killer sounds of Halloween and killer Mm -hmm. sounds Halloween 3d. So there's three volumes and they're all original songs, but they're homages to, um, every, like, um, someone's, watching me to monster mash too, but, awesome. but they're all done by like Sean sings some of them, but they're also like, there's tracks by, um, Graham Skipper and Amanda Wiss. And there's like tons of like horror people, uh, involved in it, um, that are singing tracks and, or spoken word, or so when you look at the list of all the people who have performed on those albums, you're like, oh my God, that's so-and-so from this movie <laughs> sure, sure. Um, or this writer or that, you know, it's like the writer of the new Sonic two coming out, like Josh Miller, right. he has a track on the albums. So, um, so one of the albums on one of the songs on the album is in Halloween kills. So that's sort of a fun cool. crossover, but I highly recommend those albums. You can find them on Bandcamp. Yeah. That's my like one thing I'll plug. Perfect. Love that. Love <laughs> Halloween music. And it's very like, you know, all different. It's like a mixtape. It's a mixtape okay. of, of, Halloween music. I'll actually, I'll, I'll email it to you. So you can, that'll be great. I would love that. I would I think love, you'll that. love it. And you'll be like, cool. this sounds like it's an homage to kiss. It is. So if cool. you think that it is <laughs> amazing. That's the type of stuff I'm looking it. for. So yeah, yeah, that's great. I've been like, yeah. I'm always on the search for that. So that's super cool. Yeah. It's fun. Well, cool. Well, sweet. Well, cool. I mean, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know it's been a, no been a bit. So uh, yeah, I just want to thank you again. And I really appreciate everything and can't wait to see what you you know, do in the future. I'm, I'll be, you know, I'll be watching you guys and everything. So I'll be keeping Thank tabs you. on it, watching your movies, sharing your movies. So, and maybe if you're ever convention or anything, I'll run into you at some point. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, the best place to keep up on everything I'm doing is Instagram. So at Perfect. Chelsea Stardust, I have Facebook, but I never check it and I'll probably deactivate it. And I'm not, I'm not on the garbage pile that is Twitter. So um, <laughs> Instagram is where to find me. Perfect. We'll, we'll definitely be following you and sharing your posts. So thank you. Of course. Well, thanks again. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. For-